Hi, I'm Jess, a women's health enthusiast raising my family around the world. And like you, I'm a girl who's seeking solutions. And I'm Cody, a holistic health practitioner, functional nutritionist, and a period problem solver. Did you know that periods don't have to feel like a monthly curse? That's right. We want every girl to actually look forward to her time of the month because our periods can tell us so much about our health. It's time we start seeing our periods as our girl superpower. Yep, we are here to change the conversation about periods and everything else related to our health and happiness. Let's talk. Something I think is pretty common for women to struggle with is feeling more anxious around their periods. And especially if you're someone that struggles with anxiety already, but I don't know, Cody, have you ever experienced this? Because I definitely have around your period or if you're you're close to your cycle, you, things may seem harder. You may feel more nervous for some tough projects coming on. You may be overthinking some things. You might feel shortness of breath and things just can feel a lot harder to get through mm. right around your period. Do you totally. relate to that? Totally. A lot of times I'll get that like anxiety feeling right before I'm supposed to go to bed and it's always right before mm. my period's about to start. So, yep. Mm. I, have I don't it. like anything messing with my sleep. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think it's great for us to open up and talk about this because we want women to know that they're not losing their grip during that time of the month. They're just experiencing a really common spike in anxiety due to those hormonal fluctuations. Sometimes the shift in hormones can cause you to experience PMS or even PMDD. I love little random facts. So according to American Family Physicians, around 85% of menstruating women report having one or more premenstrual symptom and 2 to 10% report disabling and incapacitating symptoms. Mm. Ugh. I know. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I know. So we're going to deep dive all into anxiety, especially during your period. But first, we're going to have some fun with our Mixers Girls Say. And today we're going to focus on a really fun one, Never Have I Evers. I love those. Yeah. So we'll go through them. I'm going to ask you if you have ever. And then <laughs> I hope I'm fun and exciting. I don't know. And then we'll see what our Mixers Girls Say. Because yeah, we have them the vote part. on all of them too. Um, okay. Have you ever ignored someone in public? Yes. Everyone has. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 4,000 girls said that they have and 72 said that they haven't. So like a mass majority of people have ignored someone. And those 72 people I think maybe are like, they're lying. Well, I think sometimes it's not even that you're trying to like, uh, necessarily be rude. Sometimes you just don't even have time to like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. You just never have I ever given out a fake name. Oh, I have. I used to think that was super funny. I don't know why I haven't done that. Oh, you got to try it. So I'm going to try that. That's so fun. Next time you like, you know, order something and they're about to call out your name, just think of a funny name. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to do that. I don't know that it's that funny, but you know. Yeah. 2,570 girls have given out a fake name. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And 1,200 girls vote for I haven't. So I need to try it. I'm going to join the club. Just give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> this is so funny. Never have I ever used someone else's toothbrush. No. No, I couldn't. <laughs> I know people that do and have no this problem with like it. split oh, right down the middle 50-50. No. Are you serious? 2,500 have, 2,400 haven't. Wow. Um, 
I'm trying to think. I think there was one time that I like forgot a toothbrush on a trip. And so I used my husband's, but I like mm-hmm. ran it under hot water for like four minutes because there's also nothing. Well, I mean, that's so rude. It's not like he's dirty, but like something no, about but, brushing yeah. your teeth with someone else's toothbrush is gross because it's, it's scrubbing their food yeah. and scrubbing their mm. germs. And yeah. um, so I remember using his toothbrush. And I think that's the time that I've used someone else's toothbrush, but it's definitely not something that I look to do frequently. But to that point too, when you brush your teeth, like if you're out of a toothbrush or on a random something, it does not feel good to just brush your teeth with like your finger and toothpaste. I would like, rather though, or I take like a, a washcloth or something that's a little, has some bristly. texture. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm sorry, that would gag me so bad to think about putting somebody else's which is funny because we make out with our husbands. That doesn't bother us, but it's just the the brush itself. It's like harboring, I don't know, things mm-hmm. I don't want to think about. Mm-hmm. I've gotten the chills twice now just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never have I ever gotten a speeding ticket. I could have claimed that for so mm. long. I have been pulled over, but mm-hmm. I never, I could always talk my way out of a speeding mm-hmm. ticket. And then the two speeding tickets that I've gotten, I got in the same week. And on the exact same road. No way. Yes. What a trap. It was a major trap and I I didn't learn my lesson. So yes, you got a ticket the second time. Yep. Yep. That's funny. Um, quick rabbit hole. I am like you. I've I feel like I I I got one speeding ticket in high school and then I could talk my way out of a bunch. But then my senior year of high school, I got actually like a sound ordinance. Like I broke, like in my car, we like had the music too loud. Like I, who knew this was a thing, but like music was too loud. So I I like got a little ticket, not a speeding ticket. It was like a breaking the sound. Uh, I don't even know. Our music was too loud. Okay. Okay. So then I've gone forever, not even getting pulled over, but like Cody knows this. I don't really drive slow. No. So I like have been like, I'm killing it. I get places speedy. I'm not unsafe, but I like pedal to the metal driving. Sure. I got pulled over on my way down to St. George to speak at a women's retreat. <gasps> Just recently? But like, oh. yeah, we could go. Mm-hmm. Get this. The cop that pulled me over, okay? Mm-hmm. He, I was looking down, getting my stuff out in the driver's side. And I'm like looking out the driver's side window, expecting him to be there. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden there's a tap on uh-huh. my passenger yes. side window and I screamed like he scared me so bad. And then of course I know it's safer for him to go on the passenger side. Yeah. But first of all, he scared me. Second, I was like, Cody knows I do this all the time. I was like, I know you. How yes. do I know you? I knew him. Like no. I was like, hold on. Why are you in Beaver? Like what, who are you and why are you in Beaver? And then Little it tiny clicked. Town in Utah. Yes, it clicked. He had helped. My family, we were driving down to Arizona last year, and one of our bikes on our bike rack oh, I went remember flying this. off of our bike rack. That's right. For sure, we thought it like we were so lucky it didn't make someone crash. But like for sure, we thought the bike was like mutilated. It's my husband's like really nice cycling bike, mm-hmm. so he was super bummed. We turn around on the freeway, then turn back around on the freeway to go and try to get the bike, and we got pulled over mm. because we did like illegal U-turns. Yeah, <laughs> it was that guy. And he helped us get the bike and helped us like put it back on the rack and just sent us on our way. So I reminded him of that. Yeah. And then I was like, I know you're pulling me over now because I'm speeding. And uh, and he gave me a warning. Super nice guy. 
You know, I really feel like you can kill them with kindness. Yep. Like most yeah, well, of the time. Well, like they're not out there to be grumps. No. I mean, I think sometimes they have a quota to fill, but most of the time I think they understand. Yeah. That, Just be yeah. nice. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's pop into our episode. Those are some fun never have yeah. I ever, um, you know, things from our mixers girls. And I always think it's so fun to talk. Oh, I didn't even tell you guys. Oh. 1,339 people have gotten a ticket. 2,890 wow. have not. Wow. That actually shocks me. I wonder if it would be different if you asked like an audience of men oh, compared to women. That'd, that'd be so interesting. I do. My husband claims that he thinks that it's the only reason I don't get tickets is because I'm a girl. Hmm. So I don't know. I just think it's because I'm nice. Well, but, we'll do that poll later. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Mixers is a company made for women by women. Each of our products have been carefully and lovingly crafted to support you in all stages of your life, providing you with the optimal health you deserve. Each ingredient we handpick is 100% all natural, backed by science and chosen specifically to better your life physically, mentally, and hormonally. Each product empowers your body to take charge of its monthly hormonal shift and flows, empowering you to live life to the fullest. Let mixers take care of your needs from sunup to sundown, and you take care of the rest. Check us out at mixers.com, M-I-X-H-E-R-S. So now we're going to deep dive into period anxiety. Let's do it. All right. So yeah, as Jess was describing, anxiety is, it's just not fun. It's something that if you already are dealing with anxiety to have to then deal with like the hormonal induced anxiety on top of it just feels like a whole lot to take. But we're going to talk today about what some of the links are between anxiety and your menstrual period, why things, you know, why you might flare up before your period. But as always, we'd love to share like what you can do about it, how we can help get you through each and every single month, um, feeling nice and calm and ready to go. So I just wanted to start off too. I wanted to share there that it's not uncommon. It's super duper common. This is something that many women deal with. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, um, between the ages of 14 to 50, did you know that women are actually at double the risk of anxiety compared with men? Wow. Yeah. So this is a big thing that women have to deal with. And part of the reason maybe that, you know, like you had mentioned, Jess, about this hormonal flux and it's, you know, totally linked with that menstrual cycle. So what's happening is right before your period starts, um, you know, we have different forms of estrogen. We're familiar with estrogen, but one of them is called estradiol. And then we also have progesterone, which we're familiar with. What happens is right before that period, they start to decline rapidly. And what we try to, you know, with mixers products, we try to help that decline kind of happen a little less rapidly and drastic. And so that you can avoid symptoms, but a lot of women have just a total tank of their um, hormones happen right before periods. And researchers have um, thought that this rapid hormonal withdrawal causes the symptoms that we're describing, the anxiety and all the other symptoms involved. But this kind of reaction to like these normal hormonal changes are very unique to every single woman. As you know, always, every single woman has different experiences. Some people just have like mood changes, you know, like they feel a little more angry or more a little sad or whatever, or more anxious. And then there's also women that really don't even notice any mood changes whatsoever. And so it's just you, you know, it's just everybody's unique. So it's just interesting. I don't want people that are feeling like this to think that they're all alone um, and that they, you know, there's something totally wrong with them. Um, it's just like with any of our other symptoms, it's just something that we want to think about, learn about, and then 
figure out how we can help address. Mm -hmm. Let's walk through some reasons why anxiety might flare up before a period. And one of those I wanted to talk about was just natural hormonal changes. So in general, the human body undergoes a lot of hormonal changes, like we all know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) throughout Mm -hmm. the menstrual cycle. And it's all to prepare for pregnancy and the body will increase hormone production. It's an awesome thing, actually. Mm -hmm. So if an egg is not implanted, those hormone levels drop. Again, as these hormones fluctuate, the neurotransmitters in the brain and the gut change as well. These neurotransmitters, namely serotonin, which we love Mm -hmm. to talk about, and dopamine, which we love to, help to regulate a woman's mood. And it's not abnormal to experience anxiety or irregular emotions during that time of the month. I think it's something that women commonly can discuss with one another. Um, Those mood and changes and just emotions. Yes. Yep. (laughs) We relate. Yes. And it all has to do with those happy hormones, those neurotransmitters, serotonin and dopamine. Um, Okay. The other thing I think that can actually kind of flare up anxiety before your period is just even the anticipation of the changes that are supposed to, you know, are going to be coming, especially if you've kind of experienced this month after month. Um, There are so many girls out there that just get anxious because they're just thinking about what's going to happen. So like there's, we know ahead of time, you know, periods can be physically uncomfortable. They can be super inconvenient. So you have to like plan your life around it. Just, you know, like be prepared, all of that. Um, A lot of times, uh, so many of us are, we experience such painful periods and nobody wants to have to repeat that over and over again. So it's super natural to worry or even dread like that time of the month. Um, So, but if we become super fixated, you know, on on all of these things are happening. It's like if we were fixated on losing weight or building muscle, then, you know, one of the things that you could get really worried about is that bloatedness that sometimes happens or that puffiness that kind of happens during our period. Sometimes that can make you feel anxious because you're like, "Ah, you're working so hard at something. You're really trying, you're getting on the scale every morning. And it's so frustrating when you see those, um, those pounds go up, but these changes are, you know, we have to remember this biological and it's just a normal part of the human cycle. And it's so important for us to like normalize all of these, these, changes, right? Not necessarily that we want to accept them, you know, as like a never can be fixed thing, but we need to understand that this is just part of what's going on with our female body. And so, you know, we just don't want to harm our mental fitness as well. You know, (laughs) we're trying to, you know, go through this, um, the bloat and the pain never lasts forever. And, um, you know, it's just something that will happen occasionally and we can just move on and not worry about it and not, not create anxiety over something like that. I love that you brought that up with like fit, some of the fitness pressures and mm-hmm. just kind of feeling frustrated with the bloat during those times is I think it is nice to slow down and think about like, okay, I've had this come every single month ever since I started my period at X mm-hmm. date, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And just realizing like, and every time it comes, but then it goes. Yeah. And just realizing like how you feel necessary. I mean, and Cody and I love to talk about all the things you can do to avoid that, avoid yeah, that discomfort. For sure. But just be like, just patient with yourself. Yeah. Like Don't these get are just rough on those days. Four days. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Totally. Yep. For sure. Um, another thing is that you may have an underlying condition and mm-hmm. that's okay. A small percentage of women, and it's about three to 8% experience PMDD. This condition occurs about one or two weeks before menstruation is and is characterized by a significant increase in mood disturbances. 
which can lead mm-hmm. women to just feel like they're crazy because they're also not bleeding at the same time. So it's yes. frustrating. Yeah. It's in the middle of the month is when it starts. Mm-hmm. And this is something that is goes undiagnosed a mm-hmm. lot. So if this sounds familiar to you. This is why we're talking about it. I want you guys to pay attention to what Jess yeah. is sharing. So through PMDD symptoms, it feels like a full-blown anxiety or depression And it tends to disappear after the period ends. Mm -hmm. So then it just leaves women really confused. And symptoms of PMDD could include intense mood swings, trouble focusing, increased tiredness, fatigue, extreme appetite changes, physical pain, irritability, and trouble sleeping. And those are predisposed to anxiety disorders, such Mm -hmm. as generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, claustrophobia, agoraphobia, or social anxiety may experience PME Mm -hmm. exacerbation, the two are similar, but can, it can be hard. Like Mm -hmm. Cody's saying, it can be hard to distinguish between the two, but anyone who already has a history of mood disorders is more likely to fall into the PME category. And this is just one of those things where, um, I think a lot of women that go undiagnosed with PMDD Mm -hmm. are a lot of the women that come to us feeling like they're struggling to not seem crazy. Yeah. And they can't pin it down. Why? Yeah. Um, Because it's undiagnosed. Right. And it's not, and we all, a lot of us, uh, you know, we experience these mood swings the same time as a period. So we have like the easy, like, Oh, it's because of X. I feel this because of X. But when it's outside of your period, it's like it's so hard to understand. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of doctors that unless you're going to somebody that actually is specialized in women's hormonal health, it's just like I said, it's it's rare to get a diagnosis of this. So if any of this is sounding familiar, remember these little acronyms. They stand for longer words, but it's just easier to remember PMDD or PME. And you could look those up, um, but just kind of listen again if you need to. Some of the things that Jess described, it's just really important. There's a lot of things that you can do to help with both of these conditions. What we recommend at Mixers is um, using Her Time Complete Care. This is something you take daily, so it gives you the hormonal support you need every single day of the month, plus a little extra TLC. So it Mm -hmm. gives you a little extra strength um, than our regular Her Time Daily. So that's definitely, if you are experiencing any of these um, symptoms, then that's something you should look into. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's go into how we can manage period and pre-period anxiety. Like We just want to figure out like why, okay? Because period symptoms, you know, they can totally interfere with our quality of life. And, you know, it is really important for us to, to go and seek help if we need to from like our, um, our physical or even our mental health practitioner. I think it's really a good thing for us to go and talk to them about, um, especially if the symptoms are, um, you know, extreme, but if they are more mild, then there are some things that we can just do on our own. And that's what we're going to share about in this episode on ways that we can help manage this anxiety both before and then also during our um, periods. Okay. So let's, first of all, let's understand the natural cycle. That's what is most important. And I know we do talk about this quite a bit, but doing research on, um, hormonal changes that are happening in your body, or like Jess has talked about, like just talking to other women, speaking to people who have experienced similar, um, symptoms. I know that there's lots of people out there like online and stuff like that, that, um, 
that there's groups and things like that that you can kind of connect with. What it can do is it can help make sense of all and, and normalize, you know, all the things that are happening to you during your period. And then what that can also do is help then um, for you to be able to better be able to recognize that these changes are not something that's going to last forever and that they can be managed. Um both physically and mentally, because it affects both. And it can help give you a better sense of control over the situation and really empower you. So just Mm -hmm. studying this out, talking to other women, talking to people that kind of relate with you can have a huge um, effect on on you. Yeah. I love that. When I'm feeling anxious over some things, just talking it through with some people is so helpful. Yes. Um, Also, acknowledge your personal anxiety without judgment to yourself. Yes. You know, it's (laughs) Some negative thoughts can come into our heads and many of us try to repress them. When that happens, instead of making them go away, those feelings actually grow and come back with a vengeance. Mm -hmm. I relate to this. Yeah, totally. (laughs) We just want to be Pollyanna, always happy all the time. And yeah, yeah, we don't want to deal with bad moods. Yeah. To keep this from happening, speak your feelings out loud or write them down. I um, had a really awesome help just even a few months ago, just writing out, just putting pen to paper with some feelings Mm -hmm. and some things I was experiencing that were causing anxiety. And I just like could write down some really hard thoughts that are actually hard to talk about Mm -hmm. to people. Yeah. So I could have these thoughts that were just frustrating and were building up personally. And I wasn't quite sure how to get through them, but pen to paper is such a relief. And then I ripped it up. Yeah. Threw it away and like felt this great relief. And I love that. I wasn't mad at myself and judging myself for having those tough thoughts because I really was experiencing some hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, so just name them out and make a list so that mm-hmm. those don't have those thoughts don't have power over you. Then work on getting them out of your head and get back into your body. Mm-hmm. Like I, we're gonna talk about this a little bit later. Yeah. Let's get into that a little bit deeper. You know, things like um, even going outside and grounding on the, you know, any part of earth can actually make a big difference too. Um, One of the things that I wanted to share too, because I feel like this is such an easy, easy, um, it's an easy approach that can really make the biggest difference and you can really do it anywhere. And it's to practice deep belly breathing. Mm. Um, This is something that I do obviously all the time. Um, because I love practicing meditation and yoga and all of that fun stuff. And we not, we just do those things in those classes. But if you're driving in the car or wherever, like these are things that you can definitely try on your own. Um, deep breathing exercises, what they do is they actually help to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest function of our brain. And so it's it like every time you do a deep inhale, you're actually, um, you're activating what's called the vagus nerve. And that helps to give you a sense of calm. So the more often you can activate the vagus nerve, the better able your body is like going to be able to relax and to feel less anxious and to be able to just feel more calm. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple little things you can do. So whatever you're doing right now, while you're listening to us, let's just have us all do it together. Okay. So you want to breathe in through your nose. And when you do, you want to notice where that breath is coming into. Is it coming into your chest or is it coming into your belly? I did it wrong. I was in my chest. Yeah. And that oftentimes, yeah, that's how a lot of us breathe. We, it's like, how can we not know how to breathe? (laughs) You know, but it's true. That's kind of more of an anxious breath. Like if it's in the chest, it's a little more of an anxious breath. So if you can try... We're just laughing over here because uh, Jess is actually doing this. Guys, I am sorry. I distracted Cody. I no. was doing some 
over the top belly breathing. She got Trevor, a podcast producer, going. But um, keep going. Super big. No, you're fine. This but isn't the most relaxing point, breathing exercise. Yeah, sorry. You can remember Let's this. try it for real, for real. But Cody, I'm not going to lie. The first time you said to do it, I yeah. fully went up in my chest. Yeah. Now I've now dominated you know. <laughs> that belly breathing. Okay. I can see your belly breathing. Um, you know, if you look at little babies and stuff, they always breathe with their bellies. Their bellies, you know, inflate and then deflate and all of that. Okay. So cute. So yes. Okay. The other thing is that's really helpful is that breathing actually in through your nose. So if you're a mouth breather, that can actually induce like anxiety as well. So if you can close your mouth more, I know I am a mouth breather when I fall asleep and I wish so bad that I wasn't, but what do you do once you're asleep? I have no control, but I try to breathe through my nose as much as possible. Anytime we're roommates, I don't hear you mouth breathing. Oh, so good. You're good. Good. Trevor says every time I drive in a car, like on a car trip, he feels so bad for all of the like people passing because I'm just like conked out with my mouth wide open. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I try so hard not no. to, but but there's a, a lot to just breathing in out of your nose. It helps you to relieve anxiety. So if you are feeling anxious, focus on that. Focus on that belly breathing. And it's that exhale. It's that breath out when you're expelling your air that really helps you to calm down. And if you can do that, I mean, obviously the more you can do that, the better. But if you could do it at least um, five big deep breaths and try to repeat that three times, that's going to be amazing for you. So when practicing this type of breath work, what happens also is that the mind can't really focus on anything else, including anxious thoughts, um, except for the natural process of breathing in and out. So it's a really great way to just kind of center yourself and bring yourself back into the moment. Mm-hmm. Love that. So um, I wanted to talk about showing yourself compassion. And I think that something people with, you know, some anxious personalities can tend to live with is that are they, you know, can mm-hmm. tend to live in a more of a pessimistic mindset and they can also tend to judge themselves very frequently. And so research, research suggests that showing compassion to ourselves is important, not only for our sanity and well-being, but also for performance, particularly for people with type A personalities. And could you, do you ever, I feel like both you and I are pretty optimistic Mm -hmm. and it's natural for us to be pretty optimistic. Um, it's, it's so tough to sit with someone that is really struggling to find any good things about themselves. And they're feeling like they could pick every bit of themselves apart because we don't view them that way at Mm -hmm. all. It is. They're incredible. And it's tough to see someone really pick themselves apart like that. So I, Uh, you know, a few ways to show yourself some compassion is by making tea, going for a walk, taking a magnesium supplement, and also I think practicing self-talk. We Mm -hmm. have to teach ourselves how to have more positive Mm self-talk. And so stopping yourself, Mm -hmm. um, if you're recognizing that you have negative self-talk, every day when you're exercising or if you have negative self-talk every day when you're getting dressed or things like that, um, you have to start to slow down and work on that mindset. So good. And it does feel kind of fake and funny, I'm sure, when you first start that um, because you feel like you don't really have those thoughts, those positive thoughts. But the more you practice it, the more natural it is. So, you know, I have family members that deal with this. They're super um, hard on themselves. And every time I hear them say something out loud, if they've done something that they feel is wrong, and they give themselves a criticism. I was like, stop saying that. 
don't say that about yourself, rephrase it, you know? And I don't know if I'm helping them or making it worse, but <laughs> I just feel like I, w- I don't want them talking about themselves in that kind of way, because you're right. Um, they are being judgmental of themselves and they're creating more of an anxious state. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really hard. Um, you know, I'm going to, let's go into a couple more things. I want just to um, share kind of about, cause I'm going to talk a little bit more about magnesium in a minute, but um, will you talk about exercise just? Yep. So I love that you have me talk about exercise around anxiety because I actually don't always have that mean that I have to get in a gym. Mm-hmm. To me, there's many ways to exercise and I practice this frequently when I'm feeling anxious mm-hmm. um, that are, you know, things to get some movement in and relieve stress that are outside of the gym. So like I dance at home, I will just lay on the floor and do some stretching. I'll go for a walk outside. Um, I'll actually just turn on like a 15 minute little hit workout or something just to like release some negative yeah. Energy and just yeah. a bad mood. And it. so it really also, the great thing about that is that you increase your oxygen intake and the circulation through movement, which increases blood flow to your liver. And that liver helps to break down your hormones. Mm-hmm. So not only does it help with endorphins, but it also just helps to break down, um, yeah, well, anything in your liver yeah. that you just need to push on past. Did you know that this is just a little side little thought on this little Said tip, little fact. By Cody. <laughs> that if you, okay, for chi- traditional Chinese medicine, um, the liver is associated with anger and fear. So that's why I, I always find that it's Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine just often is just like right on. It's been going on for thousands of years. So yeah, that's why it's so important and um, helps with our liver health. Okay. Restorative yoga. I love restorative yoga. It's like the easiest, not easiest, it's you're holding stretches, but it's not like this like wear you out kind of yoga. It's just one of these types of practices that completely, the whole purpose of it is to, again, put you in that parasympathetic, like that really calm state. It takes you completely right out of that fight or flight anxious feeling. And if you have never tried restorative yoga, I encourage you to look a class up in your area and just go because it's the best. It's mm-hmm. like my favorite, favorite class ever um, for yoga. Something we also, I think we've talked about this quite a bit. It's because we believe in it. So um, I think it's easy when you're feeling fatigued or something's feeling really hard. You think you just need way more energy to get through. So mm-hmm. a lot of people turn to caffeine when in fact caffeine can mimic feelings and, you know, actually even physical Mm -hmm. feelings of a panic attack. So it can cause heart racing. It can cause sweating. It can cause things, you know, increased stress. Um, And so we would like to challenge you to decrease or not use any Mm. caffeine just to help yourself not then cause more anxiety. Yeah, especially that week before your period and while you're on your period. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to talk real quickly. Um, we're going to wrap up this episode, but I wanted to share some of the supplements that you can definitely um, implement if you're not already. So magnesium, I just, you know, we kind of talked about that, but it is a crucial mineral. And what it does is it actually balances our neurotransmitter glutamine and it also, or glutamate, and it also um, balances GABA. And um 
This is the first one that I said is um, a stimulating neurotransmitter or a brain chemical. And the second one is a calming one. And so it's so important if you're having a hard time to be able to stabilize all of the different mood swings, then a lot of times what the cause is is a magnesium deficiency. So just taking a magnesium um, supplement can really, really help. Now, there are several different forms of magnesium. I would recommend using a magnesium um, citrate. And that would be the one that would probably calm you the most, especially if you are feeling anxious in the moment. Another one is vitamin B6. According to the National Institutes of Health, there is some preliminary data that shows that um, this particular B vitamin can really help with PMS symptoms. That's why we have it in so many of our products at Mixers. Um, And the other one is L-theanine, which is um, a natural amino acid, and it's often found in green tea. It actually counteracts the effect of caffeine, which is Mm. really cool. Yeah. Um, It helps to relax the mind without making us sleepy. Um, And it's so great. We have L-theanine in our Her Power product. And it is awesome. It's it's something that can give you some energy during the day and keep you calm though, that like focused energy. But even if you drink it right before you went to bed, you'd actually get really great sleep because it's so great. Two other supplements that I have found that have been extremely helpful with family members and even with um, previous clients is 5-HTP. And it's you can get that anywhere. That's not something we have in any of our mixers products yet, but it is something that you can find pretty much at any, you know, um, little pharmacy or, you know, grocery store or something like that. And it can do wonders. And I would recommend around hundred milligrams to start with that. And then you can talk with your health practitioner to see if you need actually more than that. The other is CBD. CBD has been very effective for a lot of my clients that have been dealing with anxiety. And it also can help to um, relax you right before your period. It can also help to reduce pain, you know, associated with periods. So I love CBD oil. You just take a dropper full. You want to find the ones that are completely THC free, 100% THC free, because that THC can actually cause anxiety. So we want to make sure we're getting pure CBD, but that is an awesome therapeutic for you. There are other therapies as well that can help with menstrual associated anxiety. And the one that I'm familiar with, and I know that there's lots of others, but this just isn't my expertise, but there is a therapy that's called cognitive behavioral therapy. And what it is, it's a form of psychotherapy that helps us to replace negative thoughts with positive ones, kind of like, we were just talking about Jess. So mm-hmm. anyways, I hope this information that Jess and I have shared with you today, I know there's probably other really great tips out there, but these are the ones that we came up with that we have felt have helped us and helped our loved ones who have dealt with anxiety. And we hope that they can help you. Um, this is something, again, anxiety can just be a symptom showing us that there is hormonal imbalance happening in the body. So it's something to pay attention to and not just brush aside, um, but also just be patient with yourself and know that um, over time, the better you take care of yourself, the more of these tips that you implement into your life, the better you're going to feel and the less anxious you're going to feel as you approach that time of the month every single month. Thanks for being here, ladies. We'll chat soon. Bye. 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 